Welcome back to another episode of The Set Position. My name is Cole Orner, along with my co-host, Zach Kruger, uh, bringing another episode here today with a special guest, Doug Cardosi. Uh, and I'll let Doug go ahead and introduce himself, give us a little background, and then we'll kind of get going from there. So, Doug, thanks for joining us. And I'll oh, you, no, thanks for having me on. No problem. I'll go ahead and let you do a little introduction on yourself, and we'll get rolling from there. Uh, name's Doug Cardosi, uh, currently in... Michigan, uh, Pontiac area. I coach with the uh, Royal Oak Football Club. Um, I do uh, a few teams with them, two high school teams and a, and a youth uh, middle school team. I'm the director of goalkeeping for them as well. Um, I also started in January doing goalkeeping work with uh, Michigan Wolves. Um, and prior to that, I've, I've kind of coached all ages. I've coached from the little ones, which I don't like very much, um, up into, um, uh, you know, all the way through college. I've coached Division One women's college. I've coached uh, Division Three uh, men's and women's college. So I'm uh, kind of everything in between. Coached high school for 11 years um, on the girls' side and six years on the boys' side. Done ODP at the state level, region level, still do it on the region level. And uh, ran my own goalkeeper academy for about 13 years. Uh, so I've kind of been all around the game and, and done a lot of it at this point. So. Yeah. And what's, what's the, your goalkeeping academy? Uh, I don't have it anymore. Okay. Um, I ran it when I was back in Illinois. Uh, and it was called Pause Goalkeeper Academy. Uh, it was never anything I ever wanted to start. Um, it's, it literally just grew. I had a couple kids that um, wanted to get some extra goalkeeper training. They told a friend. They told a friend. Um, parents were at games, seeing them in, in uh, these funny little shirts, and they go, wow, your, your kids got a lot better. And it literally just it, it grew grassroots um, to, you know, at, at one point, I think I had 120 different kids coming in and out uh, during the year uh, coming into training. So. Um, but once I left Illinois, uh, and coming here to Michigan, I didn't want to, it's a brand new state, uh, an area. And I just didn't want to go through the start of it again. Um, yeah. it, so I, uh, kind of left it back in Illinois and, um, it's, it's not there, um, anymore. I've kind of given my kids up to uh, other goalkeeper coaches that I like there and, uh, let them further on their training. So it's good for the kids. Um, they they heard my voice for long enough, so for them to hear uh, some other people is always a good thing for a goalkeeper. So, right. And what was that experience like? Starting, I mean, obviously you said that it wasn't something you ever expected to do, but what was that? What was that experience like once it actually got rolling? Um, it, it was good. Uh, there's a. It really wasn't anything I wanted, uh, and. However, when you look back on it, like after the, af afterwards, I, I smile. Um, I've gone back and I've looked at the kids that went on to college that had trained with us. Um, and I don't like to say we put this kid into college because other people had hands in putting kids into college. But kids that did train with us, I think we had, there was two, over 200 kids that had played in, uh, had worked in our academy at some point and went on to play college soccer. Um, and, you know, that number's still going for kids that are, you know, haven't either gone to college yet that will be. So, but to look back on something like that is pretty cool. Um, yeah. The experience in itself was very good for me as a coach because it forced me to be organized. 
it forced me to really think about how I was training. Uh, one of the neat things that came out of it and one of its earliest inceptions, at the time I had about maybe 10 kids training with me, 15 tops. And I decided to do, uh, I think it was six weeks, uh, may have been eight weeks, but I think it was six weeks. And what I decided to do was to find out if I could train them to make them better and be able to actually visually see it on paper. And so I started to plan sessions that worked on their diving range, uh, their quickness on diving, uh, their ability to jump, um, their ability to shuffle cone to cone. And what I ended up doing is I would run an activity, run three activities, the first one, the second one, and then the third one. And the third one always repeated as the first activity the following week. So they did that activity twice. And then uh, another activity, and then once again, the third activity on the week, always the first one the following week. And I charted everything we did. I, I logged, whether it was a time or whether it was his distance and everything, or their ability to make a stay. Everything was charted. And literally at the end of that six and eight weeks, every single kid's numbers from week one improved at the end of six, week and eight. And it was really profound for me at the time in going or in thinking that what I'm doing can actually have an impact. In other words, I can actually now see that they're getting better. It's not just seeing that in my eye going, hey, that kid looks better. He looks better on the day. I could actually see on paper that kid's quicker getting cone to cone because of the activities we're doing. And it made me think about what I was doing. What were the activities? In other words, they had to be able to make them better. Um, it wasn't just throwing a ball out there, kicking it and having them making a save. I was really mindful and thoughtful. And when I was, I was still a pretty young coach, this is back in my um, probably my early, uh, early to mid thirties when I did this. Um, and even then, I was still a coach because I really hadn't done a lot of licensing. Um, and I was still pretty green in what I was doing. I got into this game, even though I started coaching at my senior year of high school, uh, was my first coaching gig. I really didn't get serious about licensing until the early 2000s. So um, the whole 90s was a player, a former player, just coaching kids and Hey, this is what I did. This is what I think. And this right. is what we did, but you know, no formality in it at all. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. But yeah. I, I, so I, was, that, I was lucky widow Cole was like, you need to go to your licensing like as early as you can. Yeah. And that's helped me, you know, kind of propel me in for a little bit, but you know, the importance of camps and clinics is, is something that I don't know if it's talked about enough because it's definitely something that helped me grow as a goalkeeper. Cole, I'm sure you too. Um, yep. You know, I did tons and tons of camps as a kid. You know, can you touch on a little bit the importance of camps and clinics and, and how that helps goalkeepers develop even from younger age? I think it's uh, camps and clinics are something that the kid that's the maybe just getting into the game or the kid that doesn't have access in an area on a consistent basis, that it's an opportunity for them to get training. Um, I know one of the camps that I worked with, not to give a shameless plug to camp, shut up, but I will, um, <laughs> and I've worked with for a long time, but you know, that was, especially back in its early day, that was, we saw a lot of kids and still too to this day that they don't have any kind of goalkeeper training anywhere that they are. Mm -hmm. And that week that they get to spend with us is really the information they get throughout the year. 
And so they're trying to soak up as much as they can in that little time. Um, I remember Gaspar uh, coming around uh, back in the 90s and had, did a clinic in our area. And as a coach, I went over and watched. And he's got, you know, 60 to 80 kids in this gym uh, running a clinic. And I sat there on the edge of the wall watching the clinic, just taking notes. But once again, those 60 to 80 kids, you know, especially back in the mid 90s, that was probably the only, you know, uh, goalkeeping instruction that they got. And so what they got in the day uh, was really important. And I think even once again, still today, there's not enough goalkeeper coaches out there. Um, so for them, for the, you know, camps to go on or clinics to go on, I think it's unbelievably important for a lot of the kids. Uh, for somebody who does get goalkeeper training all the time, uh, you know, we, we talked about this a little bit off air. I think it's good for kids to be able to see somebody that is different. Yeah. Um, you know, get a different voice. Uh, I could say the same thing uh, that another coach is saying, but how he says it, that resonates with the kid and the kid understands it. And that is a good thing. Or he does it a little differently and that may work for their body type or their athletic ability. Um, and you're just creating more tools in the, in the goalkeeper's toolbox at that point. Yeah. And I, I think from a coaching standpoint, I think at times I like to use those those camps and clinics to try to help those goalkeepers become their own coach. Because as you said, a lot of those goalkeepers are coming because they don't have the availability to go get a goalkeeper coach on a consistent basis. So I think at times for me, I, I kind of take it almost as like, I'm trying to help them become their own coach and understand the aspects of the game that they need to continue to improve and give them that bit of information that they can take back then that when they're at their club or their high school, wherever they go to, when they're playing that they can hone in on some of those skills that we talked about during that week. And now they can really focus on those and they're, they're teaching themselves as they continue to go, go on um, while they're away. Cause as you said, a lot of times maybe that kid we'll see them again. And a lot of those kids return from year to year. So we'll see them again next year, but we can see a huge improvement. The kid that truly sits in and takes in all that information during that one week at camp and then come back, comes back the following year and they tell you that they don't have a goalkeeper coach, you can tell that they, they've done so much work on their own without anybody else there. And those are the kids that, I mean, are going to become a great coach themselves one day too. Yeah. One of the neat things um, about the camp that I do that's different from any other camp I've ever done is there is no evaluation at the end of camp. Uh, so there's no written seat with numbers or, Hey, you did this. So you need to work on this. It, every kid is handed a notebook from the camp at the beginning of the week, a pen and a, and a notebook. And at the end of each day, uh, minimum, uh, sometimes we'll do it after each session. We sit down for 10 to 15 minutes with the entire group and we talk about what we did on the day. We encourage the kids to write down what we did in the sessions. So they actually have the activities that we did. And we talk about the different coaching points that we give. And the kids that have done those camps for years after years, they come back and then they maybe become staff assistants. So now they're on the coaching end and you watch those kids go to their bag and pull out and they're pulling out the book that they've yeah. written in for the last five, six years. And it's just full of different activities of, of what they've taken from the camp. And you do, you see those kids that actually it, it, it resonated with them and you can see their improvement and the kids that take it seriously, they're notebooks are filled at the end of the year and, and it's huge for them yeah no, i love that idea 
I love that idea. And I think, Zach, I think at times for us at the college level, we almost hope that kids have taken notes like that when they're younger because I think they have a higher game intelligence when they get to the college level because they're truly invested. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I don't know how much it would translate from a in-game knowledge, but I think it has to translate to a degree of, you know, they're advancing their understanding of the game. They're advancing their understanding of their position. You know, I, I think at a younger age, especially even – I would even say all the way up through like 16, 17, they need to be doing that. You know, they need to be a sponge and trying to learn as much as possible um, from as many different people because, man, like, honestly, the only reason I got pretty good at being a goalkeeper is because I played for a really bad team and I got pelted. And yeah. I just had to make save after save after save and – you know, I got really tired of getting scored on. So for me, I wish I had a resource like that because I didn't have, you know, I grew up in the middle of nowhere where I had no goalkeeper coach. It was just kind of me out there just stopping a ball, you know, and I, I didn't really get fine tuning coaching, you know, until I had to drive two to two and a half hours to a session, which my parents couldn't afford all the time. Um, so I think that's huge because if you have something that you can go and then have notes and bring it back, you have, essentially your own coach with you at all times where I didn't have that. And that, I think that definitely hindered my, you know, development as a young goalkeeper. Uh, and maybe that would have helped me for sure. But have, have something. I actually, here's what I did have. I, I should say this. I had a VHS tape of a recorded goalkeeping session from Keith Van Aaron, who played for the Baltimore blast. And I watched that thing religiously and I did that session like a thousand times so that's the one thing that I did have but I do think it would have been nice to have more you know like a notebook from year after year that would have been really really cool to have and thinking about that as a coach then let's say you do that over the years and you have that notebook and then you become a coach well immediately you have an index of tons of different options of drills and coaching points where some people who are starting out have no written anything as a coach and just it's almost like starting over you start getting your your drills and everything written down again and like that 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 takes a lot of time and a lot of effort and the idea nothing. go ahead sorry, go, go ahead Doug. go ahead uh, just the idea of journaling i think if you talk to a lot of people in uh in the mental aspect of the game uh yeah. within soccer uh, journaling is a big thing but to the point is those kids then have on there what coaches were saying, what were the points they were giving them. And it does make them think about the game differently. And they start to understand a little bit more of, of the tactical side of it, because if they do take the notes right afterwards and they uh, just copy whatever the coach was kind of saying, and now they can start to put those pieces together, understand, oh, that's why he said it, because this happened. And, and it, anytime you write something down, it gets ingrained into you a little bit more. And so it, I, I think it does – if kids can start journaling at a young age and start writing those things down, I do think it will help them develop. I don't want to say faster, but I think it will help them develop better uh, and turn them into a much more cerebral goalkeeper uh, at probably a younger age than they normally would. Uh, we know as males, you know, what our, our windows 28 to 32, where we still are at our physical peaks and we, and we can still, or we've now seen everything we could see as a goalkeeper. Um, but I think if I think 
part of that is because we don't get that stuff or take that stuff at an early age. It is so late. Yeah. I think it's finding that balance between soaking in all that information and being overly analytical too. I mean, I think as goalkeepers, we tend to be so, we we tend to overanalyze everything and be so type A that it just, we get into our own heads at times. And I think for me personally, that was such a big thing for the longest time. And Zach, I think you can attest to this too, seeing me when I first started at the college levels, I thought about everything I did. I mean, every goal that I let in, it was, it took me forever at times to forget about what just happened and get plugged back into the game and make the next save. And I was thinking about it while I'm playing when instead of I should have been going, okay, well, this happened. Now on to the next thing, I was overanalyzing when I should have waited till I was done with everything to then re kind of play back through my mind what happened. And I think that's another thing too as goalkeepers. I think we, we do a really good job of remembering these mistakes and then we can pull from those later on and go, okay, I can replay the whole thing in my head and go, this is what I should have done differently. And I mean, to this day, there's still games that I remember and training sessions that I remember of like goals that were scored or mistakes that I made. And I still can go back and I think about those and I try to use those in a coaching, coaching world now, but it's crazy from a goalkeeping perspective, how we can be so over analytical, but then also making sure that we're, we're not doing that too much during the run of play or during a session or whatever it may be. It's the nature of our position though, because yeah. any mistake that we make is so enormous within the game yeah. because the mistakes we make cause goals. Mm-hmm. And so I think we, I think we have to be that analytical. Um, Gaspar had a great quote, uh, Gigo. I don't know if you've heard that one, garbage in garbage out. Ooh, um, yeah. And it's something that's always resonated with me. There's a great book out there called playing, uh, what is it? Uh, Dr. Alan Goldberg is the author and it's, uh, playing within yourself, I believe it's called. Um, and it was something that was along with Gaspar. Uh, they kind of created it together and it was all about the mental side of the game. And that was one of the messages in there with Gigo. And you really do. As soon as you make that mistake, as soon as that goal's given up, you know, that ball is going to get kicked off 30 seconds later. And if you're still thinking about what the mistake you just made, you're not focused on preventing the next goal that may come down at you. Mm-hmm. So I typically, with my um, kids, I tell them the minute the ball comes back out of the net, you are not thinking about it anymore. If you want to think about it at that moment from the time it takes you to get the ball out of the net and just kind of analyze quick, real, really what it was, fine. The minute that ball's out of the net, you got to be on to the next play and starting to focus and, I think when you see keepers maybe start talking to their defense right away, they're already starting to think about the next play. Yeah. I think it's the ones that you see are just quiet and within themselves. You can see that that there's their brains are just spinning at that point and all they're just in their own head. Yeah. I always try yeah, to talk I, to goalkeepers a short-term memory. Um, and one of the references that I've always said, I said, listen, every goalkeeper is different in a way they get over that mistake or failure, however you want to look at it. Um, they do it differently. I, I've, I've read a lot about, you know, like if you read about Kobe Bryant, he was a big advocate of like failure doesn't exist. He's a big, like you just move on. It's a lesson. It's you, you just learn from it. It's just no failure in that. It's just, you learn from it. But then there's also people who like, who aren't very type A who hold on to that because they feel like they failed. So I always told my goalkeeper, I had a goalkeeper at ship when I coached there. Um, we just talked to him, Cole, Matt, he would yeah. hold on to it for so long if he made a mistake. So I had him, I use reference to spit it out. You give him a goal, spit on the gloves, give a clap, and let it go. You know, spit it out, let it go. It's fine. 
you know, and that, and that worked for him. And that was something that just, he kind of started to adopt, but there's gotta be a way for you to move past a, a moment like that. And everyone I think does it a little bit differently, but I really like the various options that you have to teach that mental aspect of the game. And, you know, it's, there's tons of stuff you can read about short-term memory as a goalkeeper or, um, yeah. it's a moment as a leader to, to reinforce a positive message, uh, all that kind of stuff when, when, you know, cause your center backs probably feel bad at that time too. Everyone probably feels bad. So if you're a beacon of light at that moment, maybe you pick some people up, maybe you, you encourage them earlier to go after another goal. I don't know, but there's a lot of yeah. stuff I've been doing with my team right now uh, at the college level that's centered around, you know, immediate reactions to things and how that impacts the game and how that impacts the person next to you. You touched on something that I think is paramount within goalkeeping. And I know I get caught uh, at times and have to remind myself, everybody is different. In other words, we coach, we coach goalkeepers and we kind of go, Oh, this is the way I know how to do it. And this is how I should be doing it. And therefore you need to be doing it this way. You need to be doing it. You no, everybody's different. And I think as coaches, we have to continually remind ourselves that we have to not necessarily treat everybody different, but we, we do. Uh, we have to coach them maybe some kids a little different or give them a different skill set or treat or uh, help them understand things a little bit differently because everybody is different. You don't want robots of yourself. Uh, you just need to try and create them and help them be uh, the best goalkeeper that they can be. Uh, and so you can't treat them all the same. So it is trying to find all those little different things uh, that is out there to be able to give to the goalkeepers uh, to try and help them get over that stuff. Yeah. Thinking of being different, like each goalkeeper is different. Did you guys see the video um, the other day of Casper Smeichel and the, the new catching, the Danish te- catching technique? <laughs> that thing? <laughs> yes. Thing? It was, it was ins- at first I honestly thought, it was on rewind and he had just like thrown it back and like cut out part of it. But yeah. he actually called it like that. And I'm like, what the heck? Why are they teaching people to catch like this? But it, it like, and my thought process was like, man, I would never teach that. Like I would never tell it. I, I wouldn't even know how to start teaching it in the first place. So I wouldn't even tell a kid, oh yeah, go ahead and try it. But I was thinking at the same time, I was like, well, if I had a kid that came in and he did that and he was successful, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change it. And it was, I mean, I had a kid when I was at Avert university, I had a kid from uh, Norway and very different in a lot of his catching style and everything like that. And I was very young. It was really my first big coaching gig. And I, at first I wanted to try to change it. I wanted to change cause he kind of like, squeezed the ball more and like kind of really brought his elbows out and pinched in. And it was not something that I was ever taught. I was taught to be more relaxed and get your hands out in front of you. And, but it took, it took me a couple of weeks to realize, you know what? He's catching every ball. What, what am I, what am I to do and say, no, you, you shouldn't be catching like that. I should be encouraging that and saying, you know what? You're, you're making the save. And until, until he starts making the mistakes on a consistent basis, I leave it. But if he starts making the if he starts making the mistakes, then maybe we tweak it a little bit and see if we can we can adjust it to help him be more successful. But I just thought that was interesting the Caster Spiegel Caster Michael thing. Like, what the uh, real, heck? real quick, how long ago was the kid with from Norway? Uh, that was 
It would have been 2017, 2018. All right. Since then, which is not all that long, have you thought about implementing his catching technique into another goalkeeper that struggled? In other words, that, that's one of the things as a coach, when again, somebody yeah. else does it different and you find they have success, but you still have your way of doing it. Yeah. So if you're ever going to kind of correct somebody, are you just going to go to your way or you have you looked at his idea and gone, okay, that works. Uh, maybe I can put that into somebody else that's struggling on my way and maybe teach right. them that way. I haven't, I have thought about it, but I haven't run across a kid that I've needed to implement it yet. Okay. I felt, I felt that, um, I mean, a lot of the kids that I've come across, I really haven't changed much from what, from what they're doing. Um, but I have definitely thought about it because there's been a couple kids that were a bit weak trying to keep their elbows in a little bit tighter. And I felt, um, but I, they were able to get it. I mean, it was just that, that point, it was more of a handshake thing. Their hands were way too low on the ball and they weren't getting their fingers over top of it. But no, I have thought about it. And that's a great point. I mean, that we do see all these, these things in goalkeeping. It's like, we, it's, we've got to keep it in the back of our mind that we could possibly use it down the road as a coach which I think is important. Uh, now, the Schmeichel thing, I only saw the video. I didn't see any kind of reference with it. You're saying that's what they're teaching? That's what the, the video said? Yeah. Every, it looks like he's just messing around. You know, he's just there, and it's him kind of messing around. You know, you just going, I'll try a catch like this. Yeah. I watched Oliver Kahn uh, warm up against Man U when they played in Chicago back in the mid-2000s. Yeah. They're, they were doing a sh shooting activity. He literally did a squat jump. I'm not kidding. And where his feet, where if he was standing there, would be up where his chest was and then setting in time on the shots. But he was in training. So he was, he was kind of messing around and, and working on his own timing thing. So uh, that to me is just kind of, you know, him just trying some different things. But I, once again, I didn't have any reference with the video I saw. I think I read it from, I think I just pulled it up here. Um, the sport Bible, they, they said that it's the Danish catch technique. I don't, I mean, I mean, that's, that's apparently, I, I mean, as much as, as much as it's, I don't know. I mean, I've seen several people that have said, um, Omar Zini, who does the pro GK Academy, he wrote about it. Um, I've seen it from a couple different like goalkeeping sources that they talk about this Danish goalkeeping this Danish catch technique. Um, I haven't done really any more research into it other than that, just to see if like it is actually something they're teaching or if it's just like a catch with Michael's Danish. So they're just going to call it the, the yeah. Danish catch technique. Yeah, that would knock the wind out of me, honestly. That'd be harder. Oh break. yeah. Oh. I, <laughs> and knowing me, I'd screw it up and uh, hit, like hit me in the face or something. Oh yeah. And to me, for the way I teach a basket catch, it goes away against everything. In other words, you're letting that ball and it come all the way into the chest, which <clears throat> some coaches do. And if you do, uh, good right. on you. I'm letting you hit a hard surface first. Ball wants to hit a hard surface first. What's it want to do? It wants to rebound. My timing better be absolutely perfect. Yeah. Uh, on this. And so, you know, for me, for the basket catch, it's always into the hands first to give a little bit of cushion right. and then bring it into the chest. So, um, you know, it, it, it definitely interesting, but. You know, it, it's hard to argue Casper, though. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah voice, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I'd be afraid I'd have my arms, like, too closed as the ball's coming in. It would just hit my arms and go right back out the way it came. 
it's interesting. One of my best friends, he, he, he played, you know, pro in like Iceland and stuff, but he, I grew up playing with him on the bottom of my base. So he was the other goalkeeper on my club team. He played division one and all that, but I went to his high school state championship game. So he played for like a, he went to like a private school in Maryland. I was like, you know, I'm going to go down to the game. I'm going to watch it. It was, you know, like 45 minutes from where I grew up. So I went down and they played McDonough, who's like one of the best teams in the country. They always have like national team pool players on their team for boys and girls. And, and uh, they lost one nothing to him. But the goal came from a, a rifled shot that it kind of went through his hands that he tried to do like that type of – and it hit him right in the chest, but it bounced right back through his arms. And then the guy toe-poked it to the side netting. And that's how they lost one other thing. So it's actually really interesting that, you know, you said timing, like his timing was off. I don't think he uh, uh, was trying to do it. I think he thought it was going to be more of a basket catch, but then the ball started to rise on him a little bit. So he had to change, but he couldn't change his hands around to the other direction. So he got stuck in a weird, kind of like a weird spot there, but yeah, he, they hit him square in the chest and came right back out of his arms. And he was an amazing goalkeeper, you know, played a high level division one and played pro. So it's like, you know, even if you are a good goalkeeper, I think it's a really difficult thing to, to master, you know. Uh, I don't know. I just I think it's risky. Yeah. Pretty much so. I, I think all goalkeepers, whether they're good or they're bad, we're all going to find ourselves in making mistakes yeah. in, in some way, shape, or form. Uh, but, yeah, with that type of a save, um, you know, once again, if, if he can uh, pull it off, good on him. Yeah. yeah. I think this kind of – this whole thing – I think we've been kind of tiptoeing around like this idea, but the idea of various perspectives as a coach, I think is huge. Even as a player, if you can gain perspective, I think that that is going to help you with your game more, almost more than anything else. And uh, we've kind of, we kind of flirting around that topic this whole time of like gain perspective, gaining perspective, you know, Cole, I, I know like your perspectives may have been different than what mine were. You know, I, in high school, I got the chance to go and play in Italy for a little bit and, in college, we went to England. That was really cool. And like those types of experiences and working with people from all over the world, I think helps you kind of get more tools in your toolbox. And it gives you that type of perspective. If, if there's one way to gain perspective, maybe it is working camps because you can talk to a ton of other people and you get to see different forms of coaching and, you know, the way that, you know, widow may do something cool. It's totally different than the way that you and I might do something. And that's, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. So what, you know, Doug, touching on the idea of perspective, have you heard anything or you've been taught anything over the years that's helped you gain a different perspective as you've grown as a coach or as a goalkeeper? Oh, for sure. Uh, and it, you know, this whole, uh, time right now is, I think everybody's done a little bit of reflecting, um, on what they do. I know I've gone through some old, uh, uh, old videos and, and whatnot. And I've also given some homework to some kids of, of trying to think back of goalkeepers of yesteryear and what they've done to lay the groundwork. I know Eric Vauder, I don't know if you follow him on Twitter though, uh, but he was doing a pretty cool thing where he was listing a goalkeeper and he was challenging his goalkeepers to come up with, uh, you know, who, where they played for the club, where did they, um, national team did they play for, you know, what were they known for? Just a bunch of different questions. And it kind of got me to thinking of what molded me as a young goalkeeper. And I do remember uh, the other goalkeepers in my club that were older than I was that I molded my game at. I used to watch, there was a goalkeeper by the name of Angelo DeFilippis 
uh, who was a year older than me that I used to watch religiously at training and watch how he moved and how he made saves. And I was always trying to emulate him uh, on how he played. And so he definitely had a huge impact just as me as a player. Uh, then as a coach, um, you know, as a young coach, it was me figuring things out on my own uh, up until I literally went up. Once again, this is not, this is not a shameless plug, but uh, when I was a young coach, I met Stan. I was coaching his nieces uh, in high school. So I had no idea who Stan Anderson was. And, but I was coaching his nieces and he said, I run this camp up in Wisconsin. So I took, and he invited me up. I went up for, I stayed, went up early in the afternoon, stayed the night, uh, stayed for the morning till about lunch and then went home. I sat there and took like six pages of notes, just listening to the different coaches that he had there and the information they were giving. And that just, it kind of blew my mind and really opened my mind to thinking about goalkeeping in a, in a different way. Um, and then from there, it, it's really just kind of my peers, uh, Julie Evansteiner, uh, who's out of Minnesota. Uh, she's really changed the way I, I look at goalkeeping and, and just the physical aspects on how, uh, your body moves and how efficient it can be uh, and really changed on how I do things. So I, I think just like a good goalkeeper, I think as a good coach, as a good coach, excuse me, we try to steal, you know, uh, the, the best coaches are the best thieves, uh, you know, us trying to steal as much as we can from as many different people uh, definitely does mold us. But, you know, just off the top of my head, those were kind of the three big ones uh, that really have changed the way I looked at goalkeeping. And there's been others through there, but just conversations at, uh, at conventions after watching a session. Okay. I saw the way he did that. What about doing it this? Ooh, I like that. And that's going to change. And then that's going to move. And then that, you know, and then all mm -hmm. of a sudden that just kind of spins out of control. And now you're really starting to talk about the nuts and bolts of goalkeeping, which I absolutely love. Um, I have a little thing I'm doing on Friday night, which I'm excited for. Um, we'll be there. We're, we're going to, Yep. It, we're, I, I'm real excited to listen to everybody's little take. I, I literally am a kid in a candy store watching this stuff because I'm seeing all these little different things that, uh, that are interesting, that shouldn't work, but they are effective mm -hmm. and not what we teach, but it's what they're doing and, and kind of, you know, wading our way through those waters and, and to see where we're, what we all kind of think and what the consensus is. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. I Saps and I sat down for like an hour the other night and went over his presentation and just based off of our conversation. And like, I know like me and him are like really good friends and you know, we, we've, we talk about this stuff a lot, but just based off of that conversation, I'm very excited for Friday because that conversation was always awesome. And you know, I caught some things that he was like, huh, I didn't see that. I'm like, oh, that's what I saw. So just being able to have that different perspective and see, you know, I may see one thing and he may see another, it turned into a really good conversation. And it was actually a lot of fun. Just the two of us talking about his priest that his presentation, he's going to show everybody on Friday. So uh, I'm really excited for that because I think it's going to be, it's going to be a really cool conversation based off of just what we yeah. already had. So definitely. Yeah. Well, I think that pretty much kind of wraps up our time. So, um, Doug, we really appreciate the conversation that we've had, and I think it's been great just to kind of just chat about goalkeeping and kind of see where the conversation goes. So, Doug, we really appreciate you joining us. Um, My pleasure. It's been a pleasure. So, um, Zach, as always, thanks for the help. Yes, sir. And uh, thanks, thanks for joining us on this episode of The Set Position. <laughs> <laughs>